You're listening to the Saturday Morning Happy Hour with the Cam Brothers. Unfortunately, he discovered too late that hermano in Spanish meant brother. Live and local on 710. Now Saturday mornings from 9 to 11 a.m. after Dr. Clapper. Oh, do you think so, doctor? This is the Saturday Morning Happy Hour on 710 ESPN. All right, so Andy, we've got some breaking news. I realize it is not a normal 4th of July sports day. There's no baseball being played, you know, in terms of games and things like that. Um, uh, no NBA free agency that we're, we're following. But the hot dog, the Nathan's hot, hot dog eating contest has gone on as, uh, as scheduled. And Joey Chestnut has used the LeBron of competitive eating, to say the least, the MJ, has set a new record, 74 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's a lot yeah, of hot first dogs. of all, first of all, that's revolting for me because, as you know, I hate hot dogs. That's true. So the the idea of eating one for me is a lot, much less seventy four. But like, did you did you see a clip of this? Did you actually see how it? I'm went watching. Down? I'm watching a clip of it now. Yes. Okay. It's no different than how he always does it. It is the most horrifying thing. No, no, but. Okay, this is the thought, and this I hate that I'm even asking this because it's just a sign uh-huh. of our times. How far apart were all of them? What do you mean? Like he's doing how, two or three at a time. No, no. How far apart were the contestants while eating? Oh, well, right now, Joey Chestnut, the clip I'm watching, is up seventy to forty over no, uh, no, over the other guy. How far apart physically? Oh. Are oh, they from distance, each other? Their distance. Okay, thank not you. Not only are they distance, <laughs> there's you. plexiglass between them. Good, perfect. That's all I care about because, look, I these contests aren't necessarily for me. I feel like in some ways they reflect everything that's wrong about this country, but I'm okay with them happening. You know, everybody should do As you. long as right. The guy, everybody should be very pleased to know the guy giving – Joey Chestnut, his hot dogs, is wearing a mask. Good, good. Uh, the guy, the guy behind all of them in the jaunty hat, who I assume is the referee, is uh, is wearing uh, a mask. Perfect, perfect. So it's all good. Because again, um, you do you. If you want to do these contests, great. <laughs> but if this contest can be can be traced back to an outbreak, oh no, no. Like See, because here's we, the thing, de- Andy. we decided to do it, this. It's it's not at, it's not at Coney Island this year. It's not okay. outdoors. It's not, none good. of that is happening. Good. It's all inside. They're not screwing around like that. In New good, York. good. They're holding for, a hot dog okay, then you know contest what? in Coney Island this year in good. New York. They didn't they didn't go through all of that just to screw it up with a hot dog eating okay, contest. Okay, good. Good for them for being okay. responsible. Then that that's what I wanted to hear. Good for them. All right, I have in front of me. Though a because seventy four hot dogs is not the only record that Joey Chestnut holds. No, no, he's it a is goat, not. Like you said, he is the Jordan of competitive eating. And I have in front of me a list of other things that Joey Chestnut has eaten in quantity. I want to tell you. I want you to rate them on a level of horrifying. Uh, okay, I'm writing these down. Okay, twenty <laughs> twenty eight ounce. Corn beef sandwiches in 10 minutes. That's Ooh. 160 ounces of corned beef in 10 minutes. Mm, depending on what's on it, that doesn't feel as bad to me just because I, I, okay. I, really, I really like corned beef. And corned beef can be, can be a fairly lean meat. So on the surface, that, does, that doesn't sound as horrific to me. 
All right. I'm going to I'm going to give that on a scale of one to ten. I'm going to give that all relative a five. That's a five. All right. One hundred and twenty one Twinkies in six minutes. That's a nine. <laughs> That's a nine. That sounds absolutely. That is a lot of Twinkies. Re- that sounds revolting in practice. That sounds revolting in result. That's I can't even do the math on that. Is that is that 20 Twinkies a minute? What is that? No, it's 10. Twinkies. It's, ten, it's tw- 10. No, six minutes. Oh, in six minutes. So, yeah, that's that's 20 a minute. That's 20 Twinkies a minute. How Googling do you do hunt. that? Like, how is that? That's like three Twinkies a second? I don't understand that. Okay, here we go. 390 shrimp wontons in eight minutes. 390 <laughs> shrimp wontons? You Very know what, specific. Though? That sounds awful. That no, is you know way what? too I'm much a, shrimp. I'm actually, it's a lot, I mean, it's all too much, but I'm actually going to give that a four because I, okay. feel like, I feel like psychologically, so I feel like psychologically because the wontons are so little and shrimp, you're being reminded all the time that they are little. You know, they're, you're being called little. You're a shrimp. <laughs> I feel like psychologically, that's not as bad Three, as the sandwich. Three hundred ninety of them, right? But they feel, but they feel little. I feel like you can psychologically pace yourself with those. I'm giving that a four. Now here's, okay, here's one that you would have tried in in high school uh, after you got a little bit drunk. Um, except sub out White Castle for Crystal, a hundred and three Crystal's hamburgers in eight minutes. Oh, I'd have tried that. I'd have absolutely have totally tried, tried that. that. Uh, so, are those the sliders? Yeah, the little sliders. They're like white castles. You know what? I'm not, I'm gonna give that I'm gonna give that a five. That all that feels, things that do, actually feels like a good way to spend in a, you know eight minutes. Well, and there's sliders too. I, I, that that feels more fun. Right. I'm gonna and give those that things five. are incredibly eatable. Um, yeah. Last one for you. Um, you remember the famous line from Cool Hand Luke? Yeah. Nobody can eat fifty eggs. hundred and forty-one hard-boiled eggs in eight minutes. Oh my god. Well, that's like a fifteen. On a scale of one to ten, that is a fifteen. That yeah, I was going to say for, for me in particular, that's like a twenty because I have an egg yolk allergy. <laughs> like that, that for me would be it's just disgusting. hundred and forty <laughs> hard-boiled eggs in eight minutes. That is problematic for me <laughs> to say the very, <laughs> very least. You know, I actually in high school one time, speaking of uh, drunken escapades, or I actually I think it was after high school sort of in between high school and uh, finishing college, I was back in St. Louis and I was with a few friends and we had been out drinking. And my friend, uh, my, I know it was unusual. It was a nice change <laughs> of pace for us. My friend Micah and I, uh, we went to this restaurant in St. Louis called Telania's that used to have this contest where if you could eat an entire pizza that was like the size of a, of a large tabletop in under an hour, you won, I think, like 500 bucks or something like that. If you lost, you have to pay for the pizza. And, you know, we had done this after a night of drinking. I think we'd actually gone out to dinner. It was a very spontaneous decision. And we ended up losing. We were about halfway through this thing, three quarters of the way through. We just gave up. It was too much. But, like, have, first of all, what was great is right as we were walking in, the police were in there because there had been a group of kids who tried this, and they got caught stuffing the pizza in like in the cushions of the booth. <laughs> they were cheating. <laughs> they, they were did. cheating. They got caught cheating. And they were stuffing the, the pizza in the cushions of the booth. They got caught and they didn't have the money to pay for the pizza. 
So the police got caught in, um, called in. But as Micah and I were doing this, like, you know, you're just feeling more and more stuffed and like you're getting sweaty. And I swear, like, I started hallucinating. I'm like, sure I started, you did. Like, it, like, it's so much sensory overload. It's insane. Like, I mean, like, literally, like, I, I, like, one more, one more square of pizza, and I would have seen God. Like, I'm not, I'm not even joking. And he would, and you know what? He would not have approved. No, no. Like, this is, he would have said, this is not what I put you on earth to do. I no. do like, though, that, like, you know, like, what, what do we do on the 4th of July? It has become among the most, uh, like, um, like, American regular things in sports competitive eating like that's yeah. what we do like we celebrate our nation's founding by eating 74 hot dogs in 10 minutes i remember i watched man versus food with my oldest uh, a couple weeks ago and he just kept looking at the screen going why is he doing that <laughs> I just didn't, he just, he's like i don't know why would you do that and so that was basically his re, uh his review of man versus food all right um i'll take some more of your calls we got a little sidetrack here. Ten cups of uh, ramen, Nissen cup noodles uh, in one minute and fifty seconds. That's oh actually really impressive. That that's actually very that's impressive. That's really impressive. That's hard, and my God, the salt. That's a lot of liquid, salty. <laughs> I mean, oh oof. man, oof. That anyway, that, oof. that's a nine. That that's is harder a, than it that's sounds. really impressive. That is that harder is really than it impressive. Antonio Morales is going to join us in about uh, 20 minutes to talk about college football and what exactly that's going to be this year, if it's going to be anything. We'll take some more of your calls, 877-710-ESPN, uh, and get back to this uh, the, the name change for the Washington Redskins, which uh, looks like it's coming and could be coming very quickly. We'll do that next. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It's the Saturday morning happy hour, 710 ESPN. This is the Saturday morning happy hour on 710 ESPN. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. With the Cambros. Um, one of the, the fascinating things about Joey Chestnut, Andy, and the, the competitive eating that he does, we, we went through some of those records. Um, it should be noted that most of these are sponsored. Excuse me, sponsored. For example, when he ate 384 gyoza in 10 minutes back in 2014, those were daily foods gyoza. When he ate 121 Twinkies, those were Twinkie Twinkies, you know, Hostess Twinkies. Nico Nico Nico's gyros back in 2016. Like John Ireland doesn't read anything for free, Joey Chestnut doesn't eat anything for free either. Yeah. I mean, look, whatever you are good at, get paid to do it. If yes. you are the best at anything, get paid to do it. I mean, if you want Joey Chestnut to eat, uh, let's say, 81 waffles in eight minutes, they better be Ego waffles and Ego better be willing to pay up. Or, yeah, or, I'm saying. or Ego's competitor. I mean, whoever yeah. Ego's biggest competitor. No, in this is. case, it was literally Ego. Um, all right, eight seven 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 ten ESPN is the number. We're talking about the Washington Redskins and this uh, name change. Again, I'll read you the statement from the Redskins. Quote, in light of recent events around our country and feedback from our community, the Washington Redskins are announcing the team will undergo a thorough review of the team's name. 
a thorough review, Andy. I'm very impressed. <laughs> very impressed with that. Like this is as if this is something that just in the last couple of weeks has been brought to our attention. I mean, it, God. Yeah, I mean, look, they were sucker punched by the idea that this could be this nickname construed as offensive to a certain uh, part of our country. So, you know, they, they've got a little, have a little bit of time to digest, uh, to process, and then assess where to go next. I mean, th- this, this is just sneaking up on them. So I, I think yeah. we should give them a little bit of space to breathe. It's uh, in light of recent events. And what's funny about it, Andy, too, is the, the recent events they're talking to are not um, the, the, the protests for racial justice around George Floyd. It's not um, the, the, uh, questions that we've been raising for a long time. No, it's, it, it's, it, uh, it's the sponsorship money that's rolling out right. the door this week. Those right. are the recent events that the Redskins are talking in, about. In light of FedEx and Nike saying they'd like this to change, the recent Pepsi. events. It's, 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 it's not like it's, $160 million. Right. It's, it's not the you know generations and generations of Native Americans who've made this request and have you know personally lobbied Daniel Snyder about this it's not them that's not the recent events and it's certainly it's certainly not the current climate that we're in it's the the sponsors saying that they don't like it like uh, daniel snyder is the james dolan of football owners like james he's really terrible daniel snyder like james dolan at least dolan's got a band (laughs) i'm just saying like, like both of them have this commonality where they are not capable of either opening their own mouth or having their mouth open on their behalf without it making it worse. Like they're just, they're both incapable of it. I just like, I, I don't understand too how, how you have a situation. Like, cause the name is going to change. The name is going to change. It's going to yes, have to change. And it should have changed. Well, it should have never been, it should have never been there, but it, you know, but it should have changed decades ago. It's not. This is not a new thing where people look at the Redskins name and go like, "That isn't okay. That's that's offensive." Um, you don't even have to be a Native American to be offended by it. I'm offended no. by it. I think it, I think it's ridiculous. But like the the idea that you don't have it ready to go, that you don't have something that you can announce, and you have to say you're go- undergoing a thorough review of what. Um, but it it is an amazing okay. reflection of the stubbornness of of Daniel Snyder as the owner of the Redskins that were. It took this. And really, what amounts to the, uh, a, a total fleeing of all of his money uh, for this to work. Dan in Las Vegas, you are on the Saturday morning happy hour with the Kamenetsky brothers. Morning, guys. How's it going? Good. Good. How are you? I'm great. Hey, just before we get to the name, just real quick, that hot dog eating contest, don't you guys have, like, newfound respect for Sleewo? Because either he legitimately won and beat Steve Mason, or he basically organized a stationwide prank. Or just smart enough to cheat. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, you can figure out how to win the hot dog eating contest without actually having to win the, eat the hot dogs. That yeah, seems to me to be a double win. And everyone in on it. That I mean, brilliant. But as far as the name goes, like, I'm I hesitate, by the way, to say that I have newfound respect for Sliwa because that sounds loaded. You know, like, like the idea say, that it's just you know what that, that was a poor choice of words on my part. <laughs> I, okay, forgive me on that one. All right. Um, I am excited that they are changing the name of the Washington football team. And here's a couple of ideas that I came up with. I want to get your thoughts. Uh, I also had gladiators like uh, the first caller, but uh, the Washington Senators, the Washington Legion. But actually, um, if you want to do 
Complete 180, and here's a real review from the team's racist uh, past. Maybe call it the Washington Kings in honor of What's... Dr. Martin Luther King. Interesting. Huh. I, it's funny, like, you know, the, the, obviously, the, you know, the March on Washington and, and so many things that, that, that Dr. King did that were connected to that city. The one that I thought was really interesting is the one where they changed the name from the Redskins to the Red Tails, which would be an, uh, yes. a, an honor to the Tuskegee Airmen. And the planes that they flew, Dan. Like do you? Yeah, I think it's really cool. I mean, do you? I, I think that's a cool name. I think you know. I've seen like a mock logo of what that could look like and all that kind of stuff. I wonder if the Redskins and Daniel Snyder would would go that far. And like, what I mean by that is going from something that's so obviously offensive to something that, in Daniel Snyder's mind, would look like he's like a true cave. Like, I'm going to find. Uh, you know these these you know lefty minorities and name a team something like that to, to status. I don't know if he would. Oh, I think oh, he would think oh, of that as like there, a double loss. A, there's absolutely no way that Dan Snyder could ever come up with that. Like someone who's educated and cultured would have to whisper it into his ear and make it feel like it was his idea. Because there's no right. Snyder's ever coming up with that one. It's just yeah. I, my concern with the Kings is that you're if you're going from Martin Luther King Jr. to the Kings as a nickname, you're changing the connotation. And, and my concern would be that however well-intentioned, it might come across as crass. Do, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if, if you're, no, you're absolutely, no yeah, I, you're, you're right. No, you're right. It, it, uh, uh, that is a logical way to think about it and, and definitely a very valid viewpoint because uh, it is a 180. It's a total 180. We're going from a very racist and offensive name and logo to, you know, honoring, you know, probably the best. Yeah. Right. And the, you know what, Dan, time. the other the other problem with that, Dan, is uh, and, and thanks for the call. It's a it's a it's a it's a good point you're making. But I and I wonder, too, about worrying about commodifying something like that. You're taking, you know, an actual human being. Yeah. Yes. And and, you know, you're going to sell gear with the team yeah. name on it, you know, like. Is his face going to appear on stuff? Like, I mean, I, I like the sentiment and I like the idea, but it's it's one of these things. Like, I I, I personally, I think Red Tails is kind of cool because it's got, um, you know, a, a historical connection that makes sense. But if it's not something really crystal clear like that, where in, in, in different, just give it a name. Give it a name that sounds like a, a sports team. And I think something like that, is fine. Like, you know, the, the change, the, the act here that matters is removing Redskins from that franchise. That's the important thing to remember here. Yeah. If uh, there's something organic that fits and you can, you know, go back in history and maybe, maybe un- undo a little bit of the wrong that the Redskins name has had. That's great. But to me, I, I, I wouldn't get bogged down too much in the, and now we have to fix it. Fixing it has changed the name. Give yeah. me a sports team name. It's okay. Yeah, a uh, couple things. First of all, you you had mentioned the possibility or the idea of the Washington Red Tails um, in honor of the Tuskegee Airmen. If people aren't familiar with what you're talking about, there's a movie that came out about eight, maybe eight, ten years ago called uh, Red Tails. The movie itself is not great, but it is actually very informative. Like, I, I'll be honest. I did not know a ton about that before seeing the movie. So if you'd, if you'd like to learn more, it's worth just checking out the movie, even though the movie itself is 
you know, fine, not great. I also wonder, though, like, because, you know, there, there's news now that the Cleveland Indians is going through, they're going through a process like this themselves. And, you know, I think the truly most problematic part of the Indians was the, the logo, which, you know, they've distanced themselves from, you know, they've gotten away with it formally, but you'll still see gear all over the place with it. But, you know, they're, I think, investigating and likely, I'm guessing, will change the name. This uh, is you also, don't put, you, you don't put a statement out like exactly, that. Exactly. That we're you exploring unless you're going to do it. Exactly. This is actually a really interesting time and maybe even a beneficial time for teams to be doing this because you're going to be rolling it out at a point where there likely won't be fans. And you give people time to digest it without actually having to be right in front of it. You know, like I, I think this is actually like you get some distance a, as an organization to do this because you know they're going to be fans upset by it, whether because, you know, they're, they're upset about it from a culture war perspective or whether they're just upset about it, by the way, from like a sentimentality perspective. Like they feel like parts of their memories are being erased by this happening, whatever, whatever right. the reason. I think it's actually a really interesting and beneficial time to be doing this because I think that distance will actually make it easier for fans to ultimately soak this in and this becomes the new reality. Um, I, I just, I, to some degree too, it's like, you know, what I, I don't understand what, you know, the Redskins, what, you know, to some extent the Indians, like I, the games go on, like, the Washington Bullets changed their name to the Washington Wizards. They weren't great before, and they weren't great afterwards. But like, times <laughs> go on. Like all of these things that we that we get so worked up on. Like if this changes, we'll never like. You know, I'm not a big fan of the DH in the National League, but it's going to be okay. Like the world will be okay if baseball is played in a way that I like slightly less. Um, you know, or whatever it might be, like all of these things that we treat like they're huge issues. I think what we're learning right now aren't. <laughs> it's like the the name of the football team that plays in Washington should not have a fundamental impact on your life. No, if, you, if you look, look, if you look at that particular team in Washington, their name, is the, their name is the right. least of their problems. So I mean, I mean, like that is the least of the problems that franchise has. I get it. I get the sentimentality. I grew up here. I went to my, you know, went with my dad to these games and whatever it is. We watched them every Sunday. I get all the memories don't go away because the name changes. the 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 experience was with your dad or with your grandma or whatever your brothers and sisters. That's the experience. It's not the team nickname, and so you know the team will still be there. You can still experience them in the same way. And I, if, if, if 2020 has taught us anything, and God, I hope it has, um, it's that stuff like that really doesn't matter. And it's going to be okay. Uh, thank you, Daniel Wynn, by the way, in Baton Rouge, who's listening today uh, all the way from there on the app. So uh, really appreciate it. Happy Fourth of July to you and your family. Antonio Morales, Andy, next is going to explain to us uh, whether or not we're going to have college football this year, because I am skeptical. We'll talk to him from The Athletic. That's next Saturday morning happy hour, 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Saturday morning happy hour with the Cam Brothers. It was between the brothers, King. This is the Saturday morning happy hour on 710 ESPN. All right, Andy, um, um, 
it's been a day where we've we've talked a lot about sports coming back and like what's coming and what's not coming and positive tests here and this group going into a bubble there and all that kind of stuff. Um, football is one that's still a little bit on the horizon um, as we break things down on the the uh, Saturday morning happy hour with Cam and Etsky brothers. NFL has some plans that they've put out today and some some things about, you know, how the testing would work and how quarantining would work and all that. But the one sport that I am 100 percent skeptical on that I just don't understand how they're going to make any of this work is college football. And so joining us to break that down is um, is (coughs) Antonio Morales uh, covers USC for the athletic Um, I'll. I'll land the plane, Brian. Are you I be don't okay? have a cough button. <laughs> Are you going to be all right? Oh, hey. Antonio, I apologize for this introduction. I, this Sorry, is, Antonio. Uh, this is really difficult. How are you yeah. doing? All right, over there. Well, I, I'm doing fine. Um, I'm trying Brian to find I, my mute. Brian I and I are actually uh, ah. on a we're on a Zoom right now as we uh, use the show over the app. So I'm literally watching Brian having a full-on coughing fit. <laughs> wow. Wow. Water. You do, Brian, get up. Like, if you need to get some water, get up. I, I can take over from you. No. Got to do the show. <laughs> All right. So Antonio I, needs me. <laughs> All right. I think I'm okay. All right. Uh, okay. Oh. Thanks for coming on, Antonio. <laughs> no problem. So, Andy, why don't you ask the first question? Well, yes, it feels like a good idea. Uh, <laughs> Larry Scott's been uh, doing the rounds lately. He was on Mason in Ireland yesterday on our air. He uh, held a press conference, <sighs> I, I believe, on Thursday or Wednesday. He, uh, I know he spoke with Andy Katz. Um, what have been your biggest takeaways from, I, I don't want to say the pessimism that he's expressed about uh, the Pac-12 and college football moving forward, but certainly the the acknowledgement that there's going to be issues. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the key things, and I just think that, you know, we knew nothing was going to be concrete anyway, but he's still saying there's they're exploring all their options in terms of a, a spring season, maybe a conference-only season, a, um, or a shortened season, and I think two or three weeks ago, people were fairly optimistic about college football and the possibility of the season returning. Uh, but as the weeks pass and you see cases start to rise across the country, uh, there's a lot more pessimism um, in terms of if the season will actually happen as scheduled. Um, so I think the key takeaway has just been how fast everything has changed within the span of a couple of weeks. I think we talked to people in the beginning of June. Uh, they had a much different outlook than they did now. Yeah, and Antonio, it's, uh, you know, when, when we talk about the NBA, it's like what's going on in Florida is alarming. But at the same time, the NBA feels like it kind of doesn't matter what's going on in Florida because they're going to isolate everybody inside that bubble in Orlando. And you look at the, the quarantine rules that they have for baseball and all these other things. How much does, is, is college football just flat out tied to the rules of public health and what's open and what's not open and what individual cities and what individual governors decide is permissible. Uh, I think it's really tied to it because you see USC on Tuesday, they announced that they're going to, they initially plan to have students on campus, undergrads, 
uh, on campus this year in, in some capacity, and then they kind of changed their tune on on Tuesday night or Wednesday night when they announced they were going to have most of their undergraduate classes be online only. And they said, you know, the L.A. County and the city of Los Angeles still hadn't approved their guidelines for returning to school. Um, so I think they're at the mercy of uh, the government and stuff like that. I think that'll, that'll be a big issue for a lot of these schools going forward. We'll see what happens with Arizona and Texas and uh, some of the other states. Um, but those are obviously going to be things to monitor. How much you, you, uh, oh, go ahead, Andy. I, I, uh, talking with Antonio Morales from The Athletic, um, covers USC in particular uh, all in college football. There's obviously the optics in terms of, like you said, uh, whether students will be on campus or not. The idea that it would be somehow deemed unsafe or, you know, un unsuitable for students to be on campus, but you'd potentially allow uh, athletes to somehow play, you know, like, which really just makes them look at it's, that point. I mean, it's purely safe, like it's, it's unsafe to go to your oceanography lecture at 830, but it is safe to play Cal on Saturday. <laughs> how, how much in particular, though, do you think that's optically an issue for USC, given all of the other issues that they've been dealing with, you know, be, beyond sports and often very serious issues? I mean, just last week, uh, the dean of the theater school resigned because it had been he acknowledged to have had an affair with a student about a decade ago. And that's not counting the admission scandal, the, the gynecologist scandal with the, the multiple sexual assault charges. USC is in this period where they're really looking to clean up a lot. How much do you think those optics in particular matter with USC? Uh, I think they matter a bit. And I think for the athletic department, I think that's why you see them kind of take a, a thorough approach to bringing back the athletes. It wasn't everybody back at once. Like you saw with a lot of these schools, uh, I think in the first wave of people they brought back, it was returning students who live within an hour um, or returning student athletes who live within an hour of uh, school. And for the first two weeks, that's really been all who's allowed, all who's allowed back. And then next week, it's, it's another wave of student athletes. And the week after that, um, it, it's, uh, it's the freshmen stuff like that. So I think, They've been they've been tried to they've tried to be cautious so far with their plan. I think they understand, you know, they're under the microscope and they're going to be scrutinized for a lot of what they do. Um, I, I know in that housing, the, the, I know in that letter that the university published Wednesday night, they said that you know they want most people to take most undergrads to take online classes and stuff. Uh, but I think they left a little wiggle room for football players because they said, uh, or student athletes in general, because they said student athletes are going to have priorities. They're going to be among a certain group, um, like those with learning disabilities and uh, people who need online instruction. But um, student athletes are going to have, they're going to be among the, a, a group of students who are going to have priority for on-campus housing. Um, so I, I think there's going to be some wiggle room uh, there for football players and stuff like that. Hey, so uh, Antonio, when we're talking to Antonio Morales from the Athletic College, co covers college football. Let's actually, like, let's just assume for a second that they actually do play some games. How good is USC this year? I think they'll be the preseason favorites to win the South, and I think they will win the South. Uh, I would stop short of saying they're going to win the Pac-12. Uh, I, I still think Oregon's going to be pretty good, but 
USC returned 17 starters, uh, a, a significant amount on each side of the ball. They they have Graham Harrell back, who turned around the offense last season. Keaton Slovis is back. I think you can objectively say that the defensive staff was upgraded, uh, but I think a lot of it's going to come down to how much discipline and consistency that staff can instill on the defensive side of the ball because that was an area you guys saw in the holiday bowl or um, against Oregon that really faltered uh, in big games. They just lacked discipline and um, it was an issue that popped up off season for them. So um, they're an experienced group. They're a talented group. Um, I think they've been kind of building toward this year since Darnold left um, just based on the recruiting classes and stuff like that. This has kind of been the year where everybody thought, they're going to be really good. And, and the Pac-12 is in a state of transition. Oregon lost Herbert. Uh, Utah lost a lot of guys. So um, it's lining up uh, well for them this year. But we'll see what uh, what Clay Helton can get out of the group. Antonio Morales covers the uh, covers the college football. I sound like mom. Uh, covers college football for The Athletic. Thanks so much for coming on. Happy Fourth of July. We really appreciate you taking the time. No problem, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Antonio. It's sort of funny, like, you forget, like, oh, by the way, like, USC is going to go play, and there's been, like, all this controversy around whether or not Clay Helton should be the coach. It's like none of the uh, – we the amount of stuff about sports and storylines that we've forgotten over the <laughs> – because of everything that's happened. And, and you know what's funny? I forgot Deion Waiters played for the Lakers, Andy. I cover it, that team. It's funny with, uh, with Clay Helton, like – he has been, I, I think, thought of rightly for better and worse as a true players coach. Like, he really connects with his players. But I think with oh, that yeah. connection and caring that he has, it's often been at the expense of the necessary discipline. Like, you know, not in, not in an authoritarian type way, but, like, really just the, the focus part of discipline. No, it's more – To get, it's to get a, the most – Holding players accountable for mistakes right. they make on exactly. the field, exactly. not off the field, on the field. Right. Right, exactly. I mean, like, really, that form of discipline. And the moment that we're in right now in terms of what players will go through in the COVID age if we do attempt to have college sports, I can see that part of Clay Helton cutting both ways. And it's just like like all things with Clay Helton, it's just going to be really interesting to see how it all progresses moving forward. Well, certainly the part that relates to um... – players feeling like their coach is looking for their best interests at a very difficult time. Hard to find somebody who's better uh, in yeah. that regard than Clay. Yes. Helton, but the that's, rest of it will be exactly interesting what I'm talking to see. About. Um, all right. So the Lakers back on the floor this week. Um, basketball sort of, kind of, sort of, maybe a little bit returning to normal. I'll tell you what the guys are saying. LeBron, Anthony Davis, when we come back. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Saturday morning happy hour, 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Saturday Morning Happy Hour with the Cam Brothers. Unfortunately, he discovered too late that hermano in Spanish meant brother. Live and local on 710. Now Saturday mornings from 9 to 11 a.m. after Dr. Clapper. Oh, do you think so, doctor? This is the Saturday Morning Happy Hour on 710 ESPN. Sub 10 ESPN Kennedy Brothers Saturday morning happy hour. Thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us for a couple hours on a holiday. Um, reminder that this week, Andy, we got some good stuff already set up for the um, for the late night happy hour, which is of course every night from 10 to 11. You find it on the 
station's Periscope feeds and their Twitter feeds. We're going to start off Monday with Champagne and Nuts himself, yes! Michael Thompson. Yes! Um, so that, we're very excited about Michael Thompson. Uh, John Gonzalez from The Ringer is uh, set up for Tuesday, and Andy McCullough, who we had on earlier from The Athletic, will be Wednesday. And I believe we're, we're, we're endeavoring to get Soap on Deb from The uh, New York Times, if you know his basketball coverage and his uh, pop culture coverage. So that'll be a fun show, but mostly... Michael Thompson on Monday. Yes, we, we had, Thompson we had, had Michael before, and it unfortunately fell through. And then we weren't positive we'd be able to get him again because, you know, it is late for Michael, even though we were informed that he goes to bed at 11, what is it, 11.37 11, every night? 11.36. 11.36 uh, every night. But last week we, uh, we had Byron Scott on. And Byron had some things to say about Michael. So I think Michael wanted his opportunity to respond. Yeah. So uh, thanks to Byron, Byron for helping have to kick with that. Michael's ass again. Yes, a well, second time. He still owes uh, Byron a case of Camus on a bet, and Byron's been, you know, letting it slide because you know COVID, social distancing, not necessarily the time yeah, to get out. But TikTok, as he said, TikTok. Yeah. All right. So the Lakers back on the floor this week. Um, workouts beginning again in El Segundo. You know, Zoom calls with the media and all. It, it, it is uh, all stuff that reminds you in its attempt to appear normal how absolutely abnormal <laughs> everything is. Um, but it's where the Lakers fit into all this is really interesting because we, we've heard a lot of players talking, Andy, about you know, both the, the desire to play but also legitimate concerns about what that means. And uh, Jared Dudley talked a little bit this week about the, sort of what it is and the concerns that players have going into the bubble. Oh, sorry, Rebecca. I, I could have queued you up a little better for that. That's my fault. Um, but yeah, it's the uh, basically Jared Dudley um, was asked about you know the concerns. You got it? Okay. Well, well, you were doing other things too, and I just sort of sprung it on you. I should have told you during the break. Hey, Rebecca, I'm going to call for that clip. I haven't done it for two hours. So hey, go ahead and yeah. <laughs> I would be lying to you if I told you everyone was completely comfortable and had no, you know, ill feelings towards of how it's going to be. I think we all know it's a risk. I think right now we all are watching all the news and we keep seeing the Corona's cases in LA and California. I mean, Arizona, Miami, Florida. And so we see what's going on, but we look at it this way. I mean, every day, People that work, like you guys, and when you go to your office, some people do at restaurants, you know, that there is. Sometimes you got to provide for your family. Now, we do make a lot more money than people, but we understand the business of basketball while we have to be able to play. I think it's also a duty to be able to entertain, but for me, I'm comfortable going there. Um, I think it's, you know, a little bit, you know, sad that you're going to well, you're, you're miss your family for potentially three months, depending on the situation. So I think that's what's been the difficult part more than anything. Uh, but I'm also excited. The closest I'll get to winning a championship. This is where it's going to be in history when you get down there and people say asterisk of this and that's, you know, into, into, you know, it's everyone's opinion on that. But for me, it's if we want a championship, we still get a parade here. We get a parade. And for one of me, it counts for me. That's all I'm saying. So I'm just excited to be able to, to, be able to go through that process with the Lakers. You know, it's, it's funny, Andy, the, it's all very strange. And as much like if ever there was a season where the, the chemistry argument mattered, where the leadership argument matter, where all the intangible stuff matters, because there's no template for any of this. We don't know what it's going to be to play without a home court or, you know, the, the COVID thing or the injury risk or all this stuff. All you kind of can lean on is 
do we get along? Do we trust each other? And do we have good leadership? I think this is a major, major asset that the Lakers have for them heading into this thing because nobody knows exactly what it's going to be like and nobody knows exactly how teams are going to react. But we do know that this team genuinely likes being around each other. Like they genuinely enjoy it. They have a lot of fun. You know, they, they've craved that contact with each other. I mean, they, they've had a group chain going since essentially like last June that by all accounts never stops. Like you and I have been around this team a lot. We've been around a lot of teams that across sports over the years. We're pretty good at gauging which ones get along, which ones fake getting along and which ones don't even bother faking it. This is a team that I think genuinely likes each other and just the ability to be around each other with so few options without getting sick of each other. That's an asset in this situation. I think the Lakers have it. Yeah. And, you know, we, we don't know yet uh, what this, the status of Dwight Howard is going to be. Um, there are certain things that are going to make, you know, tangible differences in the actual basketball that you can play. If Dwight can't go or chooses not to go uh, for reasons, you know, that really you know, reached into his family, uh, if you don't know, the, the mother of his six-year-old son died earlier in the, in the spring, and Dwight has been caring for, for his son. And, you know, that, to be away for three and a half months can be very difficult, a difficult thing. But, like, you know, certain things like that, Andy, changed the basketball calculus. But, like, the rest of it, like, the mental health, the mental aspects of this, I, I don't know. I, don't, I think this is going to be the hardest championship for a team to win. When you factor in all of this stuff, factor in all these things, and to have guys like Jared Dudley, to have LeBron James as the dude who's at the head of this, um, you know, I, I just don't know how you can be set up better for these things um, than than the Lakers are. And you know, when you compare, I'm not saying they're better off than the Clippers or better. I don't know, but I just know they're as well suited as any team can be. Yeah, and and I think too that's that's going to make it easier when you're when you're doing these tune-up games and Frank Vogel's going to be going through his rotations and all the stuff that has to be implemented and you know relearned to get back into that groove on the court. It's all going to be made easier by however well it functions off the court. So you know, there's a, I'm very curious to see how all this operates. You know, we're very curious just to see can they get through it all all the way through October you know, successfully, but assuming you can, and I'm going to go with the assumption you can, because I think the NBA's plan is about as sound as a league can have. The Lakers, I do think are well situated. So I'm looking forward to that. Yep. I'll leave you with this, Andy, 53 soft beef tacos in 10 minutes. Um, that's a lot. If they're the little, if they're the little tortillas, I feel oh, Taco Bell. Mm, mm, yeah. All right. Mm. Monday, Michael Thompson on the uh, late night happy hour. Have a great 4th of July, everyone. We'll see you next week.